Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Here's a cool fact. A crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Another cool fact, you can get short-term health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans are designed for people who are between jobs, coming off their parents' plan, or turning a side hustle into a full-time gig. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. Get more cool facts about United Healthcare short-term plans at uh1.com. Hello and welcome to the Runners World podcast with me, Ben Hobson, and me, Jane McGuire. Today we're talking with founder of the running charity, Alex Eagle, about using running to support the homeless. Jane, hello. Hello. <laughs> uh, are you all right? I really, yeah, I want to I wanna speed through this chat because I am so inspired by Alex and I want everyone to not listen to me rambling about my running and just listen to him because isn't it the most inspiring chat we've had all year? <laughs> there's no interest in hearing us talk about our running when there's such a fantastic story. Um, about what Alex has been doing uh, and the charity work that, that the him and the running charity do. So we should just probably get into that. Um, this is going to be the last podcast before Christmas. We'll be back in the new year to dazzle you with our chat and our guests. So get ready to subscribe real hard at the end of this. But I think without further ado, Jane, I just I, I just feel like it, you know we should just get our guest of the week on. Alex, welcome to the Runs World podcast. Thank you for having me. For anyone listening who's unfamiliar with the running charity, can you tell us a bit about who you are and the work that you do? Yeah, so uh, we're a small charity. We uh, deliver running and personal development programs to young people impacted by homelessness. Um, homelessness is a really kind of broad net. Essentially, our young people just have a lot of complex needs. So on average, our young people join us with uh, six complex needs and seven different mental health conditions. So we work with really uh, uh, young people that are going through really difficult and challenging situations and at the kind of pinnacle of that iceberg sits homelessness because it's often a result of a range of complexities that happen below. Um, Our coaches um, work with these young people to really kind of put a community and an infrastructure around their lives and running really helps with that. And what we see and tend to see is young people improve their mental health, the circumstances they're in uh, and begin to form some form of positive happy life which is is lovely to see and how does the running are the running coaches therapists as well as the running the therapy or is there other kind of other stuff going on in those sessions yeah so essentially uh, you know uh, like three quarters of our team are former graduates of our program so they've been through through our work um, and they've got that direct lived experience they're all trauma informed as well uh, we have access routes to kind of young people can gain counseling while they're in our services they have a range of different options to engage what we've what we've always tried to do is is really kind of like when we first started the charity 
uh, you know, my background was like uh, sports coaching, so I was a, a football coach beforehand, and then I ended up seeing a, a kind of a, a job at a homeless day centre, um, where I kind of thought, well, if they're looking for a football coach, I'll, I'll give that a go. And I, yeah. in the end, I was there for 10 years. Um, <laughs> and the, the sports stuff started really good. And then it began to phase out because of the first recession. And a lot of my sports work and uh, the, the running and the football and the boxing all became very reactive. So it was a a way of stopping someone hitting someone else. So it was like this guy's about to kick off can you deal with it um so i said oh let's go for a run or let's have a kick about or and that was really all meaning and all well and good but uh we were ticking on thinking jesus like you know my shoulders can only take so much right. of being whacked there yeah. um how can we how can we build something that's a bit more long term for these young people mm. um i met a guy called james uh who was a real passionate runner uh, he'd lost a friend to a heroin overdose and they used to run together and he was like this I really want to get a program where I get a group of young people running and I was like well I want something that works with young people over a long period of time can we kind of merge the best of youth work can we merge the best of the running elements and and put on a program really you know we didn't have any grand ambitions to become a charity that w certainly wasn't my aim I was just working with 12 young people that love sport but were just either in emergency accommodation they're in night shelters or rough sleeping it was just like how do we how do we give these guys a really good experience it was just on the back of the olympics um in 2012 and it kind of went over to christmas and it was just like let's just let's give them six months of equal pleasure and hell yeah. <laughs> and see how they come out at the end of it and within that six months of working with them they all become housed all became employed all did fantastically well um and then I continued to do it in my evenings and it got to a, a phase where it was just like, actually, we're getting lots of requests. Claude, a member of our first program around the London Marathon and, and the Marathon kind of uh, got involved and said, listen, we'll, we'll we'll give you some funding to see if you can spread it to different places. So uh, me and my partner, we moved into my mother-in-law's quit job. We had about a week's cash flow and me and Claude went full time and my partner who'd just had our first child um started doing uh the funding bids because like me and james were dyslexic and our funding bids and when we were trying to get trainers and stuff was was a horror show so she was reading them and just said i think you guys need a little bit of help so she chipped in there so it was a real kind of family affair to start off with it was me james claude and lucy and then it kind of developed into something that none of us really expected and you know we're based in london Manchester and Leeds now and we've just secured some uh, we've just taken a gamble on Brighton as well because we feel there's a real uh, opportunity there to make some impact um, so yeah the young people come to us they get referred to us by kind of a range of different partners and then we pick them up and we work with them one-to-one -one just to start off so they can build a bit of trust with us they've normally been let down by a lot of um, kind of services authority because there's a big lack of trust it's taken the longest it's taken to get someone out running is 18 months of them going nah i ain't running i ain't right. running yeah, yeah and now they've run an ultra marathon wow. so you know it, it, we're, we're committed and my passion was always to create something that was that really worked with the hard to reach young people that i was working mm. with uh, and the really the complex cases because you know a lot of sports work and and you know those kind of charities move to kind of employment uh, stuff and and that's really valid and a really needed uh, thing for youth unemployment because it's that's a, a pandemic in itself but ultimately we were working with young people that weren't at that threshold yet 
and would go into these services and basically leave dejected and not suitable for it so we really wanted to build something that kind of worked on young people's community and mental health um and we've done all right with it so far yeah i'm pleased so you mentioned that how initially you were doing this reactive stuff and you were using the running to kind of like diffuse situations and and all that sort of stuff how does the running fit in now with how the charity operates is it like a sort of as you said it takes 18 months sometimes to get people out there to do it but is it just that sort of the 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 side of running that we all perhaps know that is it's it's a release it's that sort of uh moment of clarity perhaps for others when you're running and you're allowed to just be with yourself and your thoughts and you can help process them is that is that kind of where it fits in yeah 100 percent. i think anyone that runs knows that during probably the difficult times in their life they lean on it as a way of coping and and our young people you know they don't have any running role models or anything like that before they've never ran before apart from maybe to a bus or maybe away from someone mm. um and you know our view was well there was a, there's an initial resistance to running because it's not seen as a sport for young yeah. people um so you know claude for example is is fantastic at, at breaking it down like feeding a kid vegetables essentially he chops the running up really small <laughs> and he does horrible burpees with them until they go can we go Got for it. a run yeah, yeah um so you know we, we manage it in <laughs> what's different worse ways. than running burpees you know, all right here we go yeah, yeah, fine. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> We imagine it different ways. You know, some young people are more uh, uh, akin to it. So a lot, about 30% of our, our, our client group are young refugees and asylum seekers. And often they're from, you know, different parts of Africa, like the Horn of Africa, that running is a very much staple part of culture and, and a, a national sport. So we get the, we get young people that are really keen on it and some people that are, are dead against it, you know, and continue to be dead against it even though they turn up to three sessions a week and, and run and say oh i hate this and it's like well you're here every day so you must be getting something out of it so there's that initial resistance often um but what i find it, it, it for me the running com- helps young people commit to process again i think the system that our young people often have to navigate and operate in is either grossly unfair or grossly unfunded so you know there are there enough quality jobs that enable you to afford housing is there enough suitable housing out there you can attend as many kind of housing appointments job interviews and it doesn't always go somewhere and young people i think you know we've all we've all been young and we all when you're young you you want things quickly especially when you've got the threat of you know having to sleep outside or sleep in dormitories in really unsuitable uh, situations so you know there's this impatience of youth which is often a good thing but I think it can lead to a uh, a disenfranchisement with process and what I think running really does teach you if you run five five k's you're either going to be faster or find it easier and there's that tangible reward that gets built in really quickly and we don't do it for them they have to put their foot in front of the other they have to do the work and they set the goals that they want you know we don't set a destination of how fit they need to be or what an outcome looks like so we don't say you need to feel happier by the end of this process or you need to have a job by the end of this process our thing is where do you want your life to go and how can we help facilitate that and for us that starts with that run and when you take a young person to a physical point where they thought it was impossible to start off with so first session we'll try and 
often run people into the ground a little bit and say, well, okay, you managed 3K there. Well, like, you know, what's where do you think you'll never get to? And it can be like 5K, 10K, half marathon. And it's the coach's job then in the immediate to bring someone up to that. And once you've someone has committed to that process and got to that space where they thought physically they couldn't do it, it opens up other doors of, wow, I've committed to that and that process worked. It was bloody hard. There were setbacks. Um, there were really good things about it. But ultimately, this is where I'm at now and I achieved that all myself. Where else can that lead in my life? And then that's where we kind of open a bit of a Pandora's box and say, great, well, should we tackle this issue? Should we tackle that issue? What kind of fundamental issues are going on in your life that we can support you with and guide you through it in the same way we did that with your running journey? And... I think that is a, a real tangible thing for young people to commit to. And I think it's often why we see such positive results in so many of our young people. Well, that sounds amazing. And you just mentioned that um, Claude, one of your first, uh, I don't know how you refer to him, yeah. first members of the, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He was a member of the charity. And then went on to an ultra, yeah, went on to do an ultra. Oh, yeah. Well, Cla- Claude did the London Marathon. Um, you know, Claude... Uh, Claude's a superstar, really. He, we, we've had the London Marathon did a an award for I think it was like the twenty six most inspiring people to ever run the London wow. Marathon, uh, the, the Spirit of London Awards, and two of them were our young people. There you go. You know, so that's, they were in pretty good company. We had Paula Radcliffe there and people like that. We were we were at this do, and it was like wow, this, <laughs> this is pretty cool. And but they are, you know, C- Claude is a, a special individual who's gone through tough times. He was a young refugee from the Rwandan genocide. Mm. Um, he he grew up in the UK, UK had immigration problems, and then, you know, had issues with university and family breakdown and things like that. But her, came through the other side and has now, since we founded, been giving back to other young people. Um, and we've tried to build that into the development of the charity. Like I said, three quarters of our London team have been through our program. Um, you know, if if we were adequately funded, we could employ people in Leeds and Manchester. Uh, who have been through our program as well to continue that that scope you know they i think one of the things i really love about this job and this the work we do is it enables us to kind of flip what vulnerability is and going through difficulties on its head you know we never focus as a, you know we made a decision early on that you know when we talk about our young people we wouldn't talk about them you know the homeless person shivering in the corner you know that's not who we are as an organization we celebrate their successes and i think these young people when they go out and they compete they're competing on a, 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 they're competing with any person and they're winning and they're they're doing well and they're they're showing that actually there is they have the ability of anyone they were just being unfortunately put in a position normally 99.9% of the time through no fault of their own. And we're able to, to, to show, I think, the wider society that actually they draw strength from their experiences. Um, and, you know, although in an ideal world they wouldn't have gone through those experiences, um, they are resilient, excellent people. We've had, you know, we've had young people that have competed in the Olympics you know <laughs> so when we talk about where um you know the, the often perception that you know homeless people must have failed somewhere actually many of our young people have achieved more than we can dream of i think that's a, and especially now in the current climate the rhetoric around immigration is so 
negative and so like well it's just awful so you know it's 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 important that as you say these the achievements of the immigrants who are coming and people that you're working with people who come to this country you know it's 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 success stories it's achievements it's 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 big wins and 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 that's because that's that's not what the general language around these people is no no, young people in general, let alone, you know, people from asylum seeking and refugee backgrounds that, you know, they're often, you know, demonised and criminalised. And you, you look at all the measures, whether that be financial contributions to society, to cultural and, you know, every area, it's it's a net gain. <laughs> and I think, you know, I, I never get the um, uh, the rhetoric around it because my experience of over Jesus too many years uh, being a youth worker and a coach and working with young people um, has rarely ever been negative it's always been such a joy Um, and seeing young people flourish when they're given that little bit of stability and that chance to actually build because how many of us have if you look back at key points in your life gone oh I was so pleased I could move back in with my mum there mum and dad there or I was lucky I could borrow x amount from them and then pay them back a little you know how many people have those support networks around them when things get a little bit difficult in their lives and if you don't have that support network it's easy to fall 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 the cracks and you know and, and that's when it starts like there was a report i think made by center point that like one in seven young people experience rough sleeping at one point in their life whether that be a night or longer that's like three kids in every kid's classroom you know this is this is an issue that isn't about something that's abstract over there this is the the kids in your class this is the people you pass in your community you know you only you can you can see the long lasting damage from it and once you experience that and once you're in that kind of trap of you know either rough sleeping or or, or, or experiencing homelessness the risk goes up exponentially i think the average age of death for a, for a homeless person is about 46 you know and you know it's so fixable you know look at you know my frustration at one of the 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 most uh hopeful things and one of the most disappointing things i saw from the pandemic was when the pandemic started we housed homeless people we we solved it in like three nights (laughs) it ended right because there was political will to do so right now levels are moving back up to exponential rates it's you know it, it's it's such a fixable problem and although you know we're not a housing provider or we don't deal with that side of things we work on people's mental health and the kind of underlying issues that cause the complexities this is an issue that can be can be solved if if there's political will to do so and that's what i think is so depressing about it is is, is it needs to be fixed and people need to be housed and people need to be given that safety to build foundations because in that often we've done it in this country where you know fix your problems then we'll give you the house when really if you look at the lots of policies and we're implementing it now in the uk more is something called housing first where the housing is given first and then the wraparound support happens afterwards and it it, it, it is shown to be far more successful it costs 26k on average to keep someone rough sleeping how much does it cost to house them it's it's financially more expensive 
to keep someone homeless than to house them. And, and it, 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 so that is uh, hugely baffling. When you're ready to pop the question, the last thing you want to do is second guess the ring. At BlueNile.com, you can design a one-of-a-kind ring with the ease and convenience of shopping online. Choose your diamond and setting. When you find the one, you'll get it delivered right to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off your purchase. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here, and it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt-free. Hello Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at hellofresh.com. Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number smart beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number limited edition smart bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. And we were talking um, before the podcast about your recent campaign about a certain a runner called Seifu, who's an Ethiopian runner, isn't he, in the UK? And talk about amazing runners. He's won, was it the big half or the London landmarks? He won the London landmarks by five minutes. It, this, 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 this lad's an incredible young people. Like so many of our, our young refugees, um, you know, the, the pandemic has been especially hard for them because mm. you know, ultimately they survive on very little money as it is. Um, but on the flip side, it's, it's meant the Home Office is under a huge amount of pressure. So where cases should be heard in a certain amount of time, it perpetually goes yeah. on. And they have a huge backlog that we need to, you know, they need to get through. But everything's kind of stalled. So we've got these young people in a constant state of limbo of not knowing what their future is. And Seifu, for example, he, you know, he joined our program. We always knew he was a good runner because he disappeared when we went running. <laughs> so we'd start off in Regent's Park and then he would start running off. And then our session was right. We need to find Seifu. Right. He's gone. <laughs> he would yeah. go. And we didn't know how far he would travel in that time. He'd always come back. Mm-hmm. But it was like, okay. And then we took him to, I think it was the Oxford Half Marathon. And Claude took him along. And um, I was I was busy that day. Uh, and Claude gave me a call. And Seifu started with all the rest of the young people at the very back, you know. And Claude rang, he's winning. <laughs> he's winning. <laughs> what do you mean he's winning? What's he winning? The race. And I was like, oh, what? And so Seifu had managed to battle his way through all the fun runners, all the fun racers, past the competent runners, past the good runners, to the elite runners. And he was winning that race. In the end, I think he finished second. Um, but that was the, the, the moment where we knew that, you know, we, we were dealing with a, a very special runner in that regards. Um, and, you know, we hooked him into, uh, it was Heathside Running Club, um, because, you know, ultimately, although 
we're all passionate runners at we needed to <laughs> we needed to work on the other issues Safe we was facing and, and we, we, we allowed that side of things to be taken care of there. And he's now club captain with them. But he is a young man from Eritrea. The Home Office had uh, acknowledged that he is a, a victim of torture and human trafficking. Um, and he had his uh, first asylum appeal rejected. So uh, Seifu uh, is at now at risk of being deported. Uh, his lawyer, who's fantastic, has appealed this decision. And, and we were looking at it because we always feel a little bit powerless in these circumstances because we're not immigration experts or legal legal advisors we can't give advice to any of our young people who are going through the asylum process all we can do is really be there for them emotionally um and speaking with the lawyer they felt that actually when they consider someone's rights it's not just their individual rights it's also the community that they've built up so we launched a petition relatively naively thinking oh you know Heath Side will sign it and you know he's other he's really friends with a lot of people in Parkrun at Highbury Fields Parkrun and we'll gain some support there um, and then we'll be able to present that alongside to the judge around you know showing that the, the importance that Seifu plays not just to him and our community of young people because we get refugees that come in and asylum seekers that come into our programs and to have some a role model like that uh, is is significant for them, um, but it's I think we're over seven thousand seven hundred signatures so far, <laughs> uh, and he he appeared in uh, the Guardian, and there's been this huge groundswell of support, which is really fantastic, and just shows that actually this young man has has built a family in the running community, and if Seifu, uh, Seifu's appeal was effectively continue to be rejected it's not his uh, human rights that would only be affected although it profoundly would be for him he's built friends and family here that rely on him he's club captain of Heathside you know this is a, a someone that's embedding in our community really strongly and we just wanted to show that side of things to the wider public and you know Seifu is a bit of a unique case in terms of just his ability, but this goes for all our young people. You know, we don't judge runners in the charity by how fast they are. And, but, you know, our young people, especially the ones seeking asylum, they really bond and, and adapt well into into our, our country and our society and give back incredibly. And, you know, this was an opportunity to, to help. And, we you know, we we did the form online and then kind of let it, set sail and uh, you know and, and it, it, it's gone really well and we hope you know by speaking on programs like that people can can continue to support and lend uh their voices to Seifu you know we're, we're hoping to speak to uh members of parliament um because for us I think you know Seifu Seifu came over as a minor he was one of the first kind of waves of young people that came over from Calais from the jungle and the children there and it took so long for his, his case to be heard by the time they they made the decision they felt Ethiopia was safe to, for him to return uh, it's in a state of emergency government recommendations is don't travel there um, because of serious threat to life um, you know and that applies to Seifu Seifu uh, you know speaking to his lawyer wouldn't be able to run there he wouldn't be able to live a normal life and we know safely when he either gets an injury or his depression hits him hard where he can't run or he he struggles he 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 nosedives and and this is not a future for this young man you know we're we're trying to just 
do what we can. My aim is I would love to see the government overturn their original decision. I think it would be, uh, uh, you know, uh, you know, Seifu has to go to court again to, to go through that trauma and relive some of the experiences he's gone through. Is a traumatic experience. I would like to see, in my opinion, that overturned and Seifu to be given the right to remain in this country and build his future. He wants to run for Team GB. You know, he's a, he's, he is a fantastic runner. But the, the issue is, you know, he's competing against elite people where he's living on hardly any money, n- no decent food. He's not f- competing them on a level playing field. And the, the longer this drags on, and it should have been made years ago, the longer this drags on, this potential of this young man slowly gets eroded. And, you know, we hope this decision can be made really quickly um, to give Seifu the biggest chance to fulfill his dreams. Yeah, 100%. Um, no, I mean, it's, it's, I know it's just a small, a very small example of, of a thousand different cases like this that are going on in the country. But it has been amazing to see the running community get behind it. Because, you know, it's, it's, yeah. it's a, he's, a, you know, he's obviously a very talented athlete. And that, as you say, doesn't mean he should be given perhaps more favour than others, but it goes to show that, you know, it affects absolutely everyone, especially those within the running community. And it's just, you know. 100%. Yeah. And it, it, it was a question that we asked ourselves as a charity, would we do this for other young people? And, and what we, what, you know, one of our values is we, you know, we go we go the extra mile for young people. So, you know, Seifu is a unique case and this opened up an opportunity because of his ability to be able to push this angle. But, you know, last week I was on the phone to someone else's solicitor that lost one of our young people's, all their documentation. You know, so we do what we can with every single young person, with every circumstance that they face to fight their corner and, and to be their champion. Um, and you know our coaches do a tr- tremendous, tremendous job of doing that. You know we we've we've you know grown to Leeds and Manchester, but the guys there they've all started as volunteers. They've all you know really dug in. Like George in Manchester is a, a fantastic guy. He he started our Manchester programs. I remember him calling me when we first started the charity. Uh, he saw Claude on on the London Marathon coverage and he was like oh how you know how do I get it how do we start this in in Manchester I'm like well I'm in my mother-in-law's shed mate like I don't think I'm your man to hang your hat on to be honest but you know we can tell you where we went wrong and and navigate some of those pitfalls Um, and George started the the sessions in Manchester he worked in pharmaceuticals for 20 years but he was a keen ultra runner a fantastic uh, runner in general Um, and then you know the, the sessions were going all right but he, he arranged a call with me where i thought oh, he's he's gonna knock this on the head because he's seen he's seen some sense he's not as stupid as me um and he'd quit his job and remortgaged his ass and was like i'll do it for a year and it, you know it's a better midlife crisis than buying a sports well, that's car. true um yeah. and you know george has now been with us since for the last like four or five wow. years you know the the young people that he's helped have, have really been profoundly had their lives transformed by him um and the same goes for liz in leeds and you know we're we're very fortunate um as an organization to 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 have such wonderful staff and have such wonderful people support us and you know i I joined this i was the, the i was the youth worker james was the runner so my introduction to the running community was pretty much non-existent before you know the running charity you know i was the youth worker that you know 
coached on the football field and shouted <laughs> at people. <laughs> James was the, the committed runner. And, you know, I, I've just been, ever since, you know, I, I've been part of the running community now, I've been just blown away by the support that people yeah. offer us. You know, we've had just people do go above and beyond all the way through and I think the biggest thing we hear from runners is they they interrupt me when I begin to try and explain how it works and go no no I get it because yeah I get it just tell me yeah. how I can help um, and, and that's just you know I, I get blown away we get people we had someone run the length for New Zealand uh, we had someone uh, run non-stop um, from Asia to London for wow. us um, he now he, he joined us last month as an employee of the organization a guy called russ um and he, he's going to be starting to launch uh like residentials with our young people take them out on uh kind of mountaineering trips and and, and trail runs and things like that and we're really excited with that and and from that we're also looking at how we can take people on those adventures with him because russ is a, a unique personality same uh, same kind of age as our young people he's only 24 oh, he's he there, holds a world record for pulling a car the length of a marathon he's a special kid um, um, you know we're, we're we're in this place where we just have such passionate staff and you know I kind of got left holding the baby so to speak running <laughs> the organisation and you know my, my life is made incredibly uh, easier by having those people around us and the running community that have just been flabbergastingly great to us you said um you must have been stupid but i think that's the last word i would use i think it sounds the way you talk about your charity sounds absolutely incredible and it's one of the best things about doing this podcast hearing stories like this but what what do you hope next like what's the big goal for the charity we're not driven by anything in terms of i think a lot of kind of expansion is is linked with kind of ego to be honest. We, <laughs> we don't want to be the biggest thing in the world what we want to do is continue the quality and deepen the work we do you know i think so far you know we've we've always expanded when we have a passionate runner that has either the stupidness or pig-headedness of, of me um, that really wants to make something work in their community and we look to see how we can build a volunteer package around them train them support them and then you know we don't never want it to be a charity that like gets money and just wastes it and go oh we're going to launch here and oh it didn't work that doesn't matter so we always build things up slow we always make sure that there's a real tangible interest in the work and we can prove and provide the impact there so my aim is to continue to grow relatively organically um, in terms of supporting the running community to make a difference within their communities, but just make sure we, we don't uh, dilute the work. As I said at the start, we work with young people with like six complex needs and seven mental health issues. We don't want to, you know, it, it, it's easy. When we first started, we, we, we used to talk about the numbers we want to work with and each coach roughly works intensely with 30 young people case study and case work people for for 30 young people we, we engage a lot more but when we first came to the <laughs> tried to look for funding we said they're going to work intensely with 30 people we're like go away now go and work with 300 and it's like well you can't work quality with 300 especially with the com complexity of the client group we work with so we've n always wanted to remain firm in in the quality of the work and the, the levels of support you know we're, we're wrapping up kind of the impact for this year and it looks like you know we we track a lot of people on kind of uh, NHS 
mental health and well-being measures and it looks like like 70 percent of the young people that join us in what could be considered by the nhs as a state of depression like 70 percent move out of that you know into normal categories or high categories they still carry the same trauma and experiences that but they've, they've learned how to manage it and they've now got the tools to to lean on stuff like running and the support kind of we give them in terms of key working and stuff we want to just make sure that we're continuing to do the great work you know we're we're lo launching a, a young people wanted to launch a kind of virtual medal uh and they designed and they we've, we've managed to get that designed and things like that so we're going to launch a, a virtual medal in the the new year that people can come onto the website and buy and they're, they're all designed by young people and is being managed by young people and the profits from the sales go into supporting more of the programs um we also have russ who's joined us who's going to be doing stuff around um taking fundraisers and you know running clubs and all that lot up to kind of do free peaks challenges and all sorts of craziness um and you'll get to spend two free days with russ which i guarantee will be an experience in itself uh so we're we're doing those kind of things and we're just looking at really how can we how can we just be sensible how can we ensure that any step we do make doesn't compromise the young people we're currently working with um and i think that's always the risk of people that want to kind of go oh we'll be everywhere uh, it, it, is it can easily go wrong from there and we just want to make sure that we provide real good quality and uh and get people to fall in love with running and we're, we're pretty good at that um and use it in those moments where you know in their life when they move on from us and you know they, they, they they've they build families and careers and things like that that during those difficult times when life gets a bit difficult again which it always does that they have a tool that they can lean on and you know what a, there's none none many better than running well how can anyone who's listened to this who i'm sure will be inspired how can anyone get in touch donate get involved where's the best places to find out about the running charity we've got the website which is uh www.therunningcharity.org so very ron sill as it says on the tin um so you you can go there and, and that's got all the information about the work how to get in touch around kind of volunteering um how to donate like i said we're going to launch this kind of virtual medal thing in the new year which if people want to kind of engage with that that would be fantastic um you know we're, we're just just kind of poke around and give us a shout follow us on instagram uh follow us on twitter well we'll put a uh, we'll put a link to the petition as well that'd be really really cool i think as many people can sign that and share that as possible uh one of the unexpected consequences of uh, of people really getting involved is they were trying to find say for a new lawyer he's got a fantastic lawyer <laughs> uh, <laughs> uh, who's doing really good but getting yeah. that uh, getting that signature and signing that petition and then sharing it to the wider running network your running clubs will make a real great deal of it because we can really show that the running community is behind this young man and, and other young asylum seekers facing the same difficulties as him um so that would if i could ask anyone to do anything it would be that alex thank you so much for joining us great to talk to you great to hear more about the running charity and uh yeah all the power to you it's, it's an amazing thing that you're doing oh, we're very lucky so that brings us to the end of this week's Runners World podcast and a huge thank you to our guest Alex Eagle and to you, of course, for listening. It's not too late to subscribe to Runners World magazine. If you do it now, you might well start the new year with a fresh copy on your doorstep. I mean, don't hold me to that. I don't know about the timings and postage over and all that sort of stuff, but it's a nice idea. So Google 
Runners World UK subscription. Find it on the internet. Do it. Make us all very happy. And talking of the new year, we're taking a little Christmas break, but we'll be back in the new year, we promise, for more interviews, reviews. <laughs> Such a massive sigh. Oh, God. We'll be back at some point. We'll be back, probably. Yeah. Um, hey, guys. Don't forget to subscribe. We'll be back soon. <laughs> Have a good Christmas. Merry Christmas, everyone, and a happy new year. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here, and it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt-free. Hello, fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello? Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And is all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns.